When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Rural, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Accept no substitute. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Actung Mill. That's right, we are back. And it's not one of them, let's talk to XYZ episodes. It's actual, <laughs> actual football is back episode. Because guess what? Football is back. And we started <laughs> off by watching the shit show that is the Premier League last night. But no, we're back to watch the EFL and the resumption of Millwall's crusade to the top division, where they will frighten the shit out of anyone who comes in front of them. Joining us, of course, is the daddy himself, the pod father extraordinaire, Mr. Nick Hart. How are you, pal? I'm great, Aaron. It's, um, it's, it is indeed good to have football back. I, I, I wondered how it would be when it, the moment finally arrived, arrives... Um, but it is good to be back into something like a normality, even if it is a strange version of it. It's you know, it's nice to at least see the Lions' season be played out on the pitch, and that's you know, as against these points per game algorithms and things that they're, they're using in other leagues. Speaking of points per game, congratulations to Barrow in the Football League, uh, coached by Ian Everett, the former Blackpool defender. They're up because of points per game. So yeah, yeah, Barrow. Barrow are back. Um, Elsewhere, and uh, welcome as well to Ryan Loftus, our in-house clickbait king slash spin doctor. Um, how are you, Ryan, mate? I am absolutely buzzing, Aaron. I am uh, so looking forward to football being back in full flight. I absolutely cannot wait for it. I've, I think I've had enough of uh, Nick's, as, as much as we love him for putting it out, but I think, think uh, what was it the last one, did Nick? One appearance, 11. I think yeah. you, you well, have I, I, scraped and cut out the bottom. We've gone through it into the dirt, into the, <laughs> underneath the barrel. <laughs> so it'll be good that we have something on the pitch to talk about from now on. I think it will uh, take the weight off your shoulders coming up yeah. with new content. It's been tough. Uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I mean, in all honesty, just to go on to that for a moment. I mean, obviously, some of the subjects we've chosen have been, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a bit of fun at the end of the day. But we, I think that was probably the end of it. The one appearance 11 is oh. probably the end of nostalgia. Rightly so. Go and check some of them out, by the way. Claridge is a corker. That's all I'm going to say. Claridge and Cascarino are corkers. So is Michael Calvin, to be fair. Yes. Um, they're, they're really brilliant uh, episodes on there. Please do go and check the uh, Acton Millwall quarantine files out. Um, football's back, of course, behind closed doors. Full COVID-19 gear, uh, fake noise, crowd cutouts. Nick, will we be seeing you in Block 1 on Saturday? The cardboard cutout, Nick Hart. I was a bit, um, when, when this crowdy thing, I'm sure listeners don't know what that is, that's where you put the cardboard cutout picture of yourself in the stadium. I was a bit sniffy, if I'm going to be honest. I thought this is very Charlton and not us, you know. Um, but actually, I've warmed up to it. I, I was, I've struggled to get um, my image loaded onto the website. I might try on the laptop in a minute. I've been trying on the phone and on the on the iPad, and it won't load for me. So I'm going to try and get a, a crowd in there, even if it's just a, an image of the of the bird nest where I sit in, in block one. We're going, to, we're going to get it in there. We, I think it needs needs you know the familiarity. Well, so Birdshit Corner will miss you uh, <laughs> on, on Saturday. Um, Ryan Crowdies. Um, I, I'm not too bothered by it. I saw them a couple of the ones in Germany with them. I'm not the mass, our biggest fan, but also I wouldn't say I'm so anti. I, I've seen. Um, I quite like the the attitude that a lot of Millwall fans have taken of putting maybe loved ones who've passed away. Yeah, I saw uh, one fan is putting a uh, Ben Thompson's younger brother in there. A lot of people with their grandparents, kind of one final trip to the den for them, which I think is a really nice touch that a lot of the fans face are doing. And obviously, you know, anyone with banning orders can. Uh, 
<laughs> finally get to go back into the den. So, uh, you know, two birds with one stone there. So I think, you know, it's, it's one way. If, if fans want to do it and uh, get their face in the den, support their team that way, then I see nothing wrong with that. I hadn't thought of the banning order. That's a good call. Um, <laughs> I, I've warmed up to these things. I mean, when when you know the the crowd noise when that was first announced, um, I thought, oh god, that's that's awful. But um, well, I must say the Premier League one last night was pretty poor. Uh, but the German ones I've seen and the and the Aussie ones I've seen in the in the rugby have been pretty good. So I'm hoping that if it does, uh, they do pipe it in at the den. It's suitably matched for the occasion. I've come round. I'm buying into the modern. Plastic fan lifestyle. They'll, they'll, they'll have me on the Zoom meeting soon. <laughs> when you Zoom, you image I'm looking forward to being there. But you know what my, my, my question is going to be? Are they going to play Roy Green when the, the teams come out? I don't they have to. <laughs> I think they have to. I think if fans are watching on a stream back home on, a, on iFollow, I think they have to. It's not right for uh, Mill to walk out with no, with no music playing. You know, <laughs> I, I, I just think it's got... Did they play the music before the games at the... I mean, did, did they play it last night, for example, at the Premier Games? Um, was there like a pre-match uh, music being played or was it just silent in, in the stadium? I, I don't know how it works. And then there was... Uh, it was silent and then there was uh, there was, there was obviously the... Um, the burst of music out of nowhere. Yeah, the, the, the walkout music. Yeah, mm. okay. Um, well, you know, I hope that Roy Green gets played its part. If, if these, if this end of season mini tournament, as as Gary Rowett's described, it means anything. It's got to be as close a recreation of normality as is possible, given the extraordinary circumstances. So, yeah, I hope that Roy Green plays us onto the pitch um, mm. before the game. So it wouldn't be right for him not to be there, would it? Him or Mister By for now, it's going to be strange in that press conference. <laughs> One PM kickoff on Saturday. Um, the start of a really sort of intensive final phase of the 2019-20 season. And I, I personally think, guys, this is set up for a better Millwall. This is set up for, for, for a Millwall special, if you know what I mean. I think it's our best chance in many years. I know we had the madcap run a couple of years ago, the Tim Cahill and the, you know, the, the Neil Harris run, and then that, that night against Fulham where it finally came to an end. But... I actually think we're in a stronger position this time. I think our our squad is in the mindset that whereas going back to that run, that felt very much like a cup run where, you know, every game was a cup final until in the end you you fall short. This one feels like we've we've been building to something all season. Um we now have this very odd we've had a whole, you know, a break in in um in proceedings, so I know that, that you know the talk is that the players will be coming back from you know not not being match fit, but um, it's given us a chance to get ourselves medically right. I mean, I was reading that Ryan Leonard has uh, been playing well in some of the preseason warm up games. Ben Thompson um, may or may not be a contender Saturday, but should feature. So I think the squad is in as good a shape as as, as is possible to be. I think we've got every chance. It's a huge, huge opportunity. Massive chance. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, Nick. I think um, I know. I know you've put it in our notes about you know the the, the middle factor of cocking up against lesser sides, and a lot has been made of our running being maybe better or um, easier than mm. a lot of the teams around us. And obviously, the the form might not matter coming into it, but it does seem like a situation that you know different weird things are going to happen. I think Millwall making a playoff push is one of those weird things, and uh, fitness obviously is going to be. A very important issue. We saw a couple of players, um, Arsenal players, get injured yesterday, and it's and we'll obviously have a small squad, which could be to our detriment. But I think what what um, is going to be a big factor is that team spirit, and that's something that Mill will have in abundance more, more so than anyone in the league. I was listening to um, Aidan O'Brien speak the other day on a, um, some podcast, and he was saying he doesn't think that there's a better team in the league in terms of the close knit nature of the squad. And I think in terms of getting back on the wavelength and giving it all. Um, I think that's going to be a really big factor um, in, in terms of this, like you say, it's a mini tournament. Yeah. And in mini tournaments like that, teams with that bond and that cohesiveness perform. Um, you look at international tournaments, things like that, teams with uh, good bonds and you know, good working relationships and that, that love for each other and that commitment to each other perform well. And I think it's kind of set up, yeah, for Mill to kind of ruffle some feathers. I mean, I'm wondering how far the, the pre... 
um, March the fourteenth season will how much the form and the and the uh, you know the kind of uh, the squads you know the respective squads will translate into this mini tournament. Looking at our running, and there was a, a graphic that did the rounds on social media the other day, and I'm just looking at it at the moment. Mill have no games against top eight sides at all in the next mm. nine games. Um, whereas others, I'm just looking at Cardiff, have got one, two, three, four, plus mid-table or some relegation-threatened sides, where you'd expect those to be, um, you know, we've got more relegation sides than uh, anyone, um, and certainly anyone in the, in, the, in the top six or top eight. So, you know, if if those are going to be scraps, well, you don't know how they're going to go. But, um, yeah, I, I just think we have a, we have a huge chance. I, I think the clubs are aware of it. I think Gary Rowett's aware of it. The players certainly are aware of it. Massive life-changing opportunity for, for players in our squad that we'll probably never have expected to be even in with a shout. You know, you look at the the career paths of, say, Sean Williams. I think we might have mentioned him on a, on a previous show, but he may not have thought of himself of having this this chance at the top flight in, in I don't know, is he 30? He's in his early 30s now. So, you know, advanced in, in, in uh, football career terms. Yeah. So they may not get another chance like this. So this is huge. And... Mm. I, I think with Rowett in charge, um, although we'll probably talk about Callum Davidson later on in, in the show, leaving the, the club, which is, um, you know, slightly off, off key notes suddenly. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Gary Rowett has enough now. He seems to have, he's been in these situations before. And, you know, it, we will never be better set, I think, um, given, given the strangeness of the season anyway, mm. for me. Yeah, I agree with you completely, Nick. I think this is really a, a chance for Millwall to um, to open up and show the division what they are about and a, and a fabulous chance for Gary Rowett as well. Um, Gary Rowett, of course, has spoken to the press. He's very, very positive and he says that the mood is very, very positive but says there's a bit of trepidation ahead of the championship presumption. I mean, I've been looking at sort of my notes today and looking at how to prep for this game. And effectively, the form guide goes out the window, doesn't it? We've had a 14-week break, I believe, from football. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty much... That's like end of the season to start a season. Am it's I right? even it's longer than a normal closed season. So it is. It's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, you know, the words get thrown around, but it's an unprecedented kind of break for players. So, There's an uh, element yeah. to this I mean, from the, from from Rowett's perspective. He's, I think we've mentioned on previous shows. I think you've said it, Aaron. That he's 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 come to the den as a kind of a um, an effort to redeem his career because he he was seen as having a you know the, the high value in in the managerial stock market, so to speak, um, and that that. Kind of, he went over the side of a cliff slightly when he, when he was sacked from uh, from Stoke, I believe, was his last last big job, and then he's had a period out in, in with Sky TV. So now he's come back to us to, as much as we need him, he's rebuilding his own career and a shot at the big time. You know, <laughs> what more can he? What more can he ask for? What could he? What could he? You know, could a dream of? So Gary Rowett's got a lot at stake in this, as well as the players, as well as the club, as well as the fans. It's it's a huge situation for him personally because this will redeem. All those criticisms, all those jibes, all those digs that he would have listened to and had to take will dissolve, you know, like uh, tears in the rain. You know, and that once we get into, or if we can get into this playoff tournament, which um, is a, a, just over a month away potentially. So massive situation for him too, personally, career-wise. I don't think he's going to want to let this chance slip either. It's, a, mm. it's too much at stake for him personally. I, knew that, I know there's a few fans as well that are going to be gutted that uh, they're missing Wayne Rooney's arrival at the den. Who won't miss that? <laughs> yeah, it's a big shame. It's a big shame for a lot of people. We're waiting for this opportunity for a long time. and uh, I, I, I think... Know, they've been dashed aside. I, I sometimes struggle. I mean, Millwall fans are Millwall fans and they will always be so. So anyone, I mean, when John Terry, there was great anticipation when John Terry nearly came back with Aston Villa. I don't think he took the field in the end for, for various reasons. But, you know, we have no gripe with John Terry. We don't really have any gripe with Wayne Rooney beyond the fact that he's played at the highest levels of the game and um, is famous. That seems to be the only, the only and he's got a colourful um, press, you know, press track record, I suppose. I don't really get why we're so fired up for Wayne Rooney. <laughs> really, <laughs> it's 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 more for the um the, uh, the 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 kind of ninety minutes um three minutes hate the ninety minutes hate so you can just get it out of your system and uh, you know vent your spleen on on the bloke who's never really crossed their path. To be honest, 
I think as, as I saw one person on Twitter saying, it's about having uh, Wayne Rooney in the portfolio of players you've got to abuse. <laughs> and uh, I think it is really a, like, you know, England record goal scorer, Man United record goal scorer. I think it's a real uh, gem in the crown. If, if you look back over your years of football supporting and you get to sit down and tell the grandkids, and say, oh yeah, I called Wayne Rooney a cunt. It is that. It's spot on. That's it. Um, I mean, you know, it's always been so. This this will never change. Hopefully it never will change because that's part and parcel of the DNA of Mill Football Club. It's it's always been about taking down... you know, kind of the famous and and, and those that uh, have achieved high high office, high level, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, it will be there, but it will be a shame. I mean, it would have been one of the great theatrical moments of the season. But sometimes I think that can be a diversion. Um, you know, I, th- I think that there's going to be a strangely cold um, mini tournament this this mm. end of season because there will be no. Um, blokes from Catford screaming abuse at you for 90 minutes. There will be no digging out of Wayne Rooney, a reminder of his various escapades in various locations around the world. It's going to be a football match played in front of an empty ground, you know, not a million miles from a reserve game, really, in that sense, but with massive amounts on, on, the, on the table. Mm. So it's going to be a very oddly um, un experience. And in a strange way, I think we've touched on this before, Ron, I think this squad's potentially will respond to the fact it's a football match rather than a panto occasion. I think there are players in our side that have a massive chance to shine in this colder, less um, emotive environment. Yeah, I think you've got got, got Conor Mahoney and Yuri Stalek, potentially two players who could kind of see the shackles come off without um, necessarily like getting stick immediately, which, you know, I think Conor Mahoney especially is a player who the confidence has dropped you can see since he's arrived at Mill like he's had flashes but it's hard for him to do it consistently so you know it's a potential period for him to show what he can do another one is uh you know you mentioned it earlier about um Sean Hutchinson having the chance maybe to to get to the premiership but you look at like so maybe Jed Wallace as well like he yeah. you know this summer yeah. I don't think many Mill fans would have admitted that it would have been surprising if we'd have kept him beyond this summer going on how well he's played but um you know with the transfer market looking like it's going to be a bit of a non-issue um next summer you know it might be low league premier league sides might not want to gamble on a you know a 26 27 year old winger from the championship with no top flight experience so you know he might have that extra drive to get his chance to play in the premiership in a mill shirt instead of hoping for the move that he probably would have got in the summer and there's a you know it's been good i think with the lone players as well malumbi obviously wanted to stay um bennett and woods both wanted to stay it's a lot of uh, potential for a lot of players to Sure, they're about, and with the exposed TV coverage as well, I think it's um, they'll want to show people how they can play. And Rowett will be the same; he'll want to show how his team can play. That it's not a typical Millwall side that most people would associate with with horrible fans. Let's see what we can do in an empty stadium. You know, if we can get the ball about a bit and surprise some teams. I think our last showing on Sky against Forest, I think genuinely, so many people on that were stunned with how well Millwall played, not being a typical Millwall performance to an extent, but. You know, Matt Smith scoring three goals and only one of them being a header um, probably, you know, shook people to their core. I think the middle side can do something and it is, like you said, it's a good platform to go and do it. I think it's a, it's a showcase for the likes of Mason Bennett, even if who knows where he will finish up at, after the the, uh, the end of this season. But I mean, from what we could see of him up at, up at, um, at the city ground, you know, we haven't seen an awful lot, but I thought that was a real, um, the run he made down the left. I think it was the second goal, I think. Yeah, it was, it was involved in the first two, um, um, but the second goal, I think, was... Yeah, you know, you've got a real sense of what the boy can achieve. He would think of himself, really, as, as having a place in the Premier League. Um, so would, I guess, the likes of, um, of Ryan Woods. You know, I mean, he, you know, he comes highly rated and lots of player, lots of um, critics have spoken highly of him. And... You know, this this is a major chance for them to to get this their, their shot at the big time. And as I said earlier on, it may not come around again so easily, so quickly. So you you have to take it when it's on offer. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Just a shame that um, Mason Bennett can't actually play. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's cup tied, isn't he? Uh, well, not up tied. He's lone tied. Lone tied. Same, yeah. same idea. Tied. He's ineligible to play for his parent club. And um, one player I want to see, sort of, you know, 
see see how he does is Ryan Leonard as well. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on under route. He's he's had sort of barely in the game time. I think he played two games. Yes. Since, um, since October, he's played two in February, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, his injuries have kept him out. It's a shame when a player's injured, um, you know, when the new manager comes in. But mm. obviously he got a little bit of game time, but the injuries have held him back. And I think he, he got back and then got another knock in training. So it's been a bit longer for him. So this extra bit, I think this extra um, break has been really good for him because he's going to get a chance to impress Rowett. And like you say, like I think in the behind-closed-doors game against Colchester, the friendly, he played behind the striker, scored a couple goals, a couple decent goals. I don't think that's. I don't think there's a lot you can read into that because it's... You can play in Colchester and it's, you know, warming up for everyone really. Mm. But it'll be interesting to see because Rowett obviously talks about playing him higher up, which is just something you wouldn't have considered. Ryan Leonard of the last season or something, if someone said, oh, you come in and play behind the striker, you just wouldn't have considered it. And I mean, I like Ryan Leonard. I think he gets a lot of stick. I think this season before he got injured, he was having a really good year. Um, and I think his injury kind of forced us to, you know, bring in the likes of Woods and that. And I think if he was playing when Rowett was uh, appointed, he, he would do, he'd be impressing people a lot more. So it'd be interesting to see if he can fit in behind the striker and if he can impact games a bit more. Mm. Jason McCarthy's back as well, you know. Not to play though. He's um he's not training with the side. I, I heard at all. Not at all. This is from the semi demise of or near demise, whatever you want to call it, near death experience of Wickham Wanderers, isn't it? I mean, the the yeah. the, the, the club is in. Well, now in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a, that's the strangeness of the season, Aaron, isn't it? I mean, you know, one minute the club are on the on the financial brink, and then because of the the, the way the season is concluding, they, they now have a chance for for promotion. Um, yeah. Very odd. Very yeah, so so he came back, and I think um, just purely because Wickham couldn't afford his wages, not because of anything on Millwall's side. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I, from what I think I, I was reading the other day. Might be able to use it then, maybe. And uh, he's not—he's not even training with the squad at all. So I wonder why he's been written off so badly. Like Rowett obviously just doesn't rate him. I'm surprised. I think you know, is it, if you've got James Brown kind of as the other right back who is an option, I think I, it's odd because you feel like as an option, I don't see why you wouldn't have him. But at least have him training there, Ryan. I mean, I, I don't know what that. It's, yeah. it's, it's a strange. You don't know what goes on behind the closed doors, do you? But as you say, I, I, I thought when I read that, well, if he's come back, then. At worst, he's, well he's a squad option around the squad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but clearly there's there's some there's something you know, behind the decision. I, I I don't know what. Just going on to the the actual structure of the games for the season. I know the Premier League has a is it up to nine substitutes allowed on the bench, with five yeah. being used in at preset uh, points in the, in the game, water breaks or the drinks breaks. I think is is that similar. Um, is, is that kind of ruling applying in the EFL or is it traditional I will, I will rules? And there is um, starting 11 and nine named substitutes. Right. Um, yeah, and I think it is the, the case that I think you basically have to do two subs at a time, two or three. You can't use it as a, a time-wasting tool, basically. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think it's the same in the EFL. I think that's been a rule that kind of, I think, FIFA from the top introduced to all football resuming. I, I quite like fitness, that so. rule. I quite like that rule. I mean, I probably would come back and buy us at some point when we it suits us. But I, I quite like the idea of not using subs as as, as a time wasting technique. You know, just as a looking at it in the, you know, <laughs> before it matters. You know, oh, is, that's I think that's one of my biggest hates in football. I think um, that subs. I mean, going off off on a tangent here, but I think substitution should be a. I mean, I I would back a stopped clock coming into football, but um, I think substitution would be a point for that. I remember. He played Leeds a few years ago, and I think it was um, when Neil Warnock was their manager. I think they beat us 1-0 at the Den. Yeah. And they put up the substitution board to bring off number four, I think it was Alex Bruce. And he walked off to the touchline, chatted with the official for a little while, and then they changed their mind and said, oh, no, it's 44, which is Ross McCormack, by, yeah. who, by which time had walked over to the corner flag. Yeah. And they allowed to change it and trudge off. And I was just like, it's such an awful time-wasting technique that... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would really like to see out of the game, but I think that's a question for another time. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, the the, the, the kind of cliche for society generally is that this COVID-19 virus will change things and, you know, many things may not be apparent until some way down the line. But on a, on a football basis, I just wonder whether these rule changes and, 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 and you know, the substitutions, for example, may be the kinds of taking away the the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the time-wasting techniques that you just mentioned there may be seen we'll as something they look at. Nick, we'll have, we will have drinks breaks, I reckon. 
Yeah, Presumably yeah. that time will be added on by the referee. Though. Be a, a, yeah, and then as Ryan said, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind a, a for certain situations, you wouldn't stop it in all, all breaks in play, but certainly for, for some situations, um, stopping the clock, like they do in, in rugby and, yeah. and, and other sports, you know, um, where the game flows, but you don't get the chance to dilly-dally whilst yeah. um, you, 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 you mess about doing whatever it is you're doing. So it's a different subject, but I, I, I just wonder how much impact on, on the rules this, this period will have. It's going to be interesting, yeah. I think. Um, ben Thompson's another one as well. We've mentioned Ryan Leonard. I think the impact of a hopefully fit Ben. I, I read um, online that he's, he's he's got carrying a slight strain. Whether that's um, you know the Rowett um, playing the old double shuffle, but um, I'm hoping that Ben will be a factor in 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 the remaining games of the season because you know he will be a real um, you know shot in the arm for the club to see him back and on form again. Yeah, I think he he can. He has a real potential to make a big impact. I know Aaron's a, a really big fan of him. And I think we're finally going to get to see him kind of playing as a 10. I know when Rowick came in, he, was, he wasn't he was so sure about where to play him. He was going out on the left every now and then. He doesn't quite fit in the 5-2-3. In the but I think when we play the 4-2-3-1, I think if you had a front three of uh, Bennett on the left or Mahoney on the left, maybe even Thompson down the middle and Wallace on the right, I think that's quite a frightening front three. And I think... Goals from midfield have been a bit of an issue this season. And I think to have Ben Thompson arriving late and kind of pushing us forward, it might help us a bit creatively. So it'll be really interesting to have him back. And I think his uh, his energy on the pitch and his work rate is just going to count for so much, I think, during this time where players might be fatiguing. And yeah, it'll be really exciting to have him back. I agree. I mean, he's, he's spoken to the news at Den saying how much he's buzzing for the, uh, you know, the return. Mm. I'm going to guess the likes of Jason Malumbi will be equally as buzzing because this is... I know he's Brighton's player, and we'll see how that that pans out when when the season's over. But again, this is a massive, massive chance to show what he can do on a, on a, a big stage. So I think he's also going to be madkin, and, and the performance he put in up there at Nottingham Forest was crucial. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of players with you know kind of champing at the bit. It's fantastic to see at the moment. It could all come up. The wheels could come off inside the. <laughs> Twenty you never minutes. Know, yeah. <laughs> could be, could be two nil down in ten minutes. You never know. <laughs> I mean, look at Arsenal yesterday with injuries. Look at Arsenal with injuries yesterday. It was horrendous. You know, like Arsenal is such a bland club, Aaron. I know. Oh, I mate. Know. You know what? I, what? Let's get something going here. Like, oh, yeah. what? Mate, I, genuinely, what a load of shit that was. Beige and bland. Yeah. I mean, oh, Arsenal used to be a name, didn't they? Where you know you. You know, I'm going back to the, 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 the kind of nostalgic trip again, listeners, I know. But, you know, you look at, we did a show on Mill versus Arsenal games and this was like facing a mighty, you know, a, a Leviathan again. And you knew you, if, you, if you got a result against them, you'd really done something. But, but that team last night wearing the Arsenal shirt, you think that doesn't, A, it doesn't look like an Arsenal team anyway. They're mm. dressed in some strange colour uh, coordination that doesn't look like Arsenal. And they just don't play like an Arsenal team. There's no bite, no fight. I don't understand really what's what it is with them. I mean, they've become a franchise effectively. Yeah, I think um, it's the ownership. They, they, are, they are a franchise. The ownership is a, is an absolute shit show. You know, um, yeah, it's it's just very poor from them. I mean, the Premier League yesterday on a whole, you know, sort of building up that Aston Villa Sheffield United game. Our oh, football's back. Football's back. <laughs> you get a nil nil. They could have done with them the other way around. I think they should have. Uh... The City Arsenal game should have been the big kickoff, I think, for the for the viewing. Uh, I don't know because don't forget, people have fallen off. People True. have fallen off for Aston Villa, Sheffield United. You know, you yeah, you're going to stick around for off, that, don't you? Um, In a way, that that bizarre goal that wasn't given, and it was a goal. Let's not, you know, mm. let's not kid ourselves. That provided a talking point. It, it livened up an otherwise very. Uh, mundane yeah. affair, you know. It wasn't there was Aston Villa didn't look much, and, and Sheffield United looked like they had more about themselves. But clearly, after the break, they weren't firing on all cylinders, and they have a very straight down the line style of play. But but for that incident, who would have cared about it? You know, um, mm. and I think that's that's a Premier League problem um, because you know the, the season froze at a very strange moment. I mean, Liverpool, I think, had just lost prior to the break um, but with a 20 point lead it's you know they're going to get the title there's no one going to overturn that so there's the, the drama has to be invented it's a bit like the fake mm. noise they're piping in it's got to be invented they've got to make make something out yeah. of nothing I think on a broader point I think that the championship has a really good opportunity here I guess because I think I was, I was listening to the Athletic Podcast earlier and I think they were saying that um, 
at the top, I think it's like 13 teams are still re- like realistically going in- for promotion in like, you know, in air quotes, you know, I think all the way down to QPR have a chance. And I think about eight teams going for relegation. And, that is, yeah. you know, that, that's the majority of the league still playing for something. And I think the Premier League, like you said, I mean, it's going to be the battle for the top four and the battle for the, like the race to the bottom to see who can go down. And I think, you know, that could be sorted within a few weeks. I think the drama there is, is always the title race in the Premier League that's the biggest point of drama. Yeah. And I think the Championship has a really, really good chance here to be the league in focus and the league that is going to the wire with some really good football sides. I know Leeds are on the TV most of the time, but I think even that, for, for a Sky point of view, is probably a bit of a missed step because if Leeds get promotion relatively early on, then the champion, the, like the play, the playoff race for the championship is going to go down to the absolute wire in this one. It's going to be absolutely incredible. You can never entirely discount the Leeds wheels coming off the Leeds bus, can you? I mean, there's... we all have our fingers crossed, Nick. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we're talking about drama, I mean, I, I know it's conceivably mathematically possible for Manchester City to chase down, a, you know, a, a Liverpool that collapses. But I mean, the, 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 those are very remote odds. So there is no drama in the Premier League for the Championship, but there is. You can't dismiss the possibility of Leeds going into one of their meltdowns. I mean, I don't think they will, because I think they're a very decent side. And I think at last, maybe Bielsa will be shown to be the, the kind of um, the top flight manager that he, everyone says he is, because there's a lot, of, a lot of people talk about him. and He puts in some decent performances, but I, I don't think there's been a huge amount of evidence to back that so far. But I think this might be the season where no. that, 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 those words are rammed down people's throats. But you can't dismiss the the drama, the potential drama of Leeds going into you know into a, into a slip. Fulham are still in the game. You got you got um, the likes of um, well Brentford are probably too far off the, the, the top two. But you can't dismiss the potentials entirely. So I think there is more drama in the Championship. Um, hopefully, hopefully that will include us. It would be wonderful if we can scratch yeah. our way into the top six because then it will get dramatic. <laughs> Just looking at the form guide, though, I mean. Whether we, you know, um, choose to ignore it, whatever we choose to do. Since drawing nil-nil at Stoke, and let me tell you something, my God, that was a horrendous so game. bad game. That almost almost travelled up for it. It's one of the best teams I've made all year. Bad. <laughs> I, I, did it, I did it for TV, and I was just like, mate. Th- wish, this, you wish you hadn't done it. It, it, was, it was horrendous. Mill have only won three games since then. Yep. Mm. Reading at home, Preston North End away, and Forest away yeah um and i th- I, I just wonder you know sort of looking at the fixtures that that forest away game was so long ago you can't even take the momentum off it it's it's like a fresh start you yeah. know um it's another like sort of divvy up of the season nick where you're like you know what this is another like the sort of the final third if you like or the final quarter or something like that uneven quarters but the yeah. final chunk where 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 they can try and build some some decent form because i reckon one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Five wins out of those nine games. Okay, you've got a chance to play us, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think it's interesting, the, like you said, the break. I think Mill were on a bit of a, not a rut, but I think, I mean, we had some hard games. We had the, the Fulham game. We yeah. had West Brom. Um, Bristol game. I mean, the Bristol game, we should have absolutely battered them. We were all over them and they scored with one shot on target. And same with the Birmingham game, we drew, I think, as well. And we should have won that. I think the problem was then the defence was solid and it was just the goals that we were starting to lack. And obviously, if you get Thompson coming back into it, players coming back. But it's a shame that Forest game was looking like going to be such a catalyst. It looked like it was going to be such a big moment where, OK, look, we were struggling to score goals and we were faltering a bit. And now we've just gone to a team who are fourth or fifth and beaten them absolutely convincingly, scored three goals. And it looked like the team were going to be like, right, we can do this. And I think the form... It's such an interesting one because the form, like you say, it probably won't count for anything, but I think confidence will. And I think there's a slight difference between them. So, you know, I think the teams who are confident and were playing well will still maybe have a bit of swagger. I think you saw City yesterday on the TV. I know they weren't having the best season, but they were playing with a bit of swagger. I know it was kind of just Arsenal and they were just kind of swatting them aside. But because the, the season hasn't finished, the pressures on the relegation side, the, the relegation facing sides are still going to be there pressure on the promotion ones are still going to be there so it's the confidence and that's where I say I think the team spirit will be a, a big factor in this one I reckon I reckon if there's a team to drop out of those playoffs it's going to be Forest you know I think Forest and I think Bristol City will drop away I think Bristol City will Preston. struggle to win games Preston could I think 
Alex Neal is a good, uh, good, good manager. I think with Preston, they've got mm. a good like up against the wall mentality. But then a lot of people have been saying, you know, they they win a lot of their games at home. So it pains me to say about Forest because I really like him. You know, my best yeah. Forest fan, I really like. Him. I, I just, want to see them. I was just going to say, Go I mean, on. I log, logged on to the iFollow yesterday, so um, for the for the live stuff, but also you let you get a kind of a, a, a an amount of access. Um, to to the to the archive, so I had a quick look at the extended highlights of that game where we beat Forest three 0 You know, I, I I think the the surprise of that game was a how well we attacked, how well we we kind of carved them apart, and they 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 looked okay for us, and I, I get the hype about them, but they were shooting from positions, you know, on on the edge of or outside the penalty area. There was the, the defense actually closed it out quite quite mm. well I mean that they had a couple of moments where you think oh my god here, here we go yeah but overall um we I think the surprise of, the, of that performance was that suddenly we looked like we had we had players that could work to a plan we could we, we attacked well we I mean Murray doing his kind of um Nishkin style run down the left and cut back inside and all this kind of stuff and the crossing into the into the box I, I just think it will be an electric shock to the system for Millwall mm. to find that suddenly, hey, we, yeah. we can play just as well as all these other teams that have the hype. And I think Forrest are one of those teams that are over, over hype slightly. Well, it... I think that, that, that Forrest game was interesting because we, we basically counter-attacked the, the counter-attack kings of the league so far. I mean, it'll be in, style of play will be a really interesting factor in this because I think, obviously, Forrest are a team that play on the counter and have done it really well this year. And Bristol City are similar. I think, they, I think they're the best two sides on the road this year. Mm. And they, you know, they're sitting deep and they hit teams quickly. And Millwall, you know, that's how we play as well. Generally, we uh, we often play on the back foot and look to hit teams on the break. And it'll be a really interesting thing to see if that style works because maybe teams are sitting a bit deeper with a bit less energy. Maybe games become a bit more stretched and suit that. And I think Millwall, if that is the case, Millwall out of those three, definitely, and I'd say probably in the top half of the table or from third maybe down, have probably the best defence in terms of sitting deep and marshalling chances, like you said, against Forest, keeping shots from distance. So I think we all have a good setup there. It would just be about how the games go into much being de- stretched and how teams can attack. I'm just thinking, I might be thinking along stupid lines here, listeners. You can never dismiss the possibility, but um, the counter-attacking style of play, I would think, depends on absorbing pressure from the home side that have... The, the home crowd on their shoulders yeah. to push forward and push forward, take the game to the to the opponent, and then you soak it up and you hit them on the on the counter punch and take away the the atmosphere of the home crowd. None of which will be in place on 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 Saturday or anywhere else. So it's going to be an interesting um, thing yeah. to see whether the counter attacking style can survive there being no fans in the stadium because you take away its fundamental reason to 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 exist in a sense. You know, the, the, there is no home pressure and there is no um, yeah, exactly. frustration from the crowd that the that players pick up on. So, Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. You're listening to Achtel Noor. The biggest thing I'm gutted about is the club shops. I'm not going to be a, it's a shop. It's a nightmare, isn't it? Peru, you know, I could, I could 
with Father's Day on the way as well. I know. There were some real, you know, bargains to be had. We're, um, we're missing Nick, Michael. Obviously you are the pod, well, Nick, you are the podfather, so I was going to look to get you a Millwall diamond sock. You know? <laughs> well, I, I would I just I'd shout out to, to Millwall Analytics on Twitter, who I, I think I've seen over the last few days desperately messaging a club shop to see if he can return something. I think he's ordered something for Father's Day, and it's too small. And he's desperately trying to get in contact with someone, see if he can organise a return. I've watched that. They're full I think, on. I think, I think it's on day four, and he's still got no reply. I think it's uh, it's getting to the point where he might have to be going down there himself. So uh, it's a shame, yeah, the club shop. That, I think they'll have people in the shop and just be... It'll be one of the most efficient days on record. Those people in the club shop don't do social media, Ryan. You know that. They're not not looking at social. They don't care about social media. They can't be on it for the abuse, Nick. (laughs) But no, if you're listening, Millwall Analytics, I've been reading your increasingly forlorn messages. A bit like, you know, when when you... I follow you, Millwall Analytics. (laughs) When when, when your battery is running out and your radio and you're on a desert island, strolling in the sea or something, your plane's crashed. And you yeah. get one last message that's very, very faint. It's a bit like that. So we, we hear you. We, we're reading you, mate. Um, the, the club yeah. shop, no, I mean, it's, it's going to be a shame because that's a, that's a massive income generator for the club, isn't it, with a range of products they have in that shop. I do AirPods as well. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> trust them, would you? <laughs> made, made in Formosa. Because none of it's like cheap. I mean, I know we always bang right. on, and apologies to listeners, we haven't had the chance to talk about this, but none of it's cheap. That's it's... You know, if it was if it was two pound for your Millwall pods, and you think, oh, well, if they last a week, you might feel like you got lucky. But this is this is pony, but dressed in in um, you know high price well, tags. So. I think if we do get promoted, set like you know long shot. But if we get to Wembley, you know how teams normally come out with the t-shirt playoff winners twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I think ours might be ready for October um, for the start of the next season. If the club Look. shop, you know, <laughs> with, with this break. <laughs> Shipping from Burma and Swaziland. Spent- <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they might run into some problems. Just but, uh, on uh, on social media and seen that um that that Exeter fans have uh, have have stuck some of those cardboard they've, they've stuck some cardboard cutout fans at, at Colchester United and true to form with Exeter because of the nature of the journey. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's only thirteen of them, and <laughs> in, in the away end. So. Um, that, that's that's pretty you know that's pretty much accurate for for extra city and extra city away day um chaps where where are we off to next on our on our agenda martin waghorn well i mean he's, he's just making a point martin yeah. waghorn made the point that it could be a blessing in disguise for derby the fact that there are no home fans to i mean he would he would actually expect to normally be the focus of a lot of abuse but with wayne rooney in town then he, 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 you know wayne would deflect a lot of it his way rather than onto, onto waghorn but he's saying that it could be a blessing for Derby, who are not entirely out of the, um, the running, but they, they, I think they've got a lot of uh, fixtures left against higher place sides, so the odds are against them. But I think they, they will not be, um, they'll be wanting a win. You know, they, so we, we keep talking about Millwall this and Millwall that, but we've got to remember this is a decent side that we've been facing and um, they want to get the three points just as much as we do. And there are no home fans yeah. to influence their day. So they, they see that as a, bo- a bonus, a boost. I'm a fan of mine, Michael. And I always see him as uh, the sort of one who got away post Chris Wood. I, yeah. I enjoyed him when he played for Millwall. And I think um, it was a shame we couldn't get him permanently. Yeah, I, I love this description of, um, you know, he said, uh, Martin Wacom said, playing without supporters against Millwall at their usually vociferous home ground. Vociferous, yeah. that's a good, good description. Yeah, the thesaurus in the hand, didn't he? Yes, During right. that interview. <laughs> <laughs> could be a boost. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. No, it'll be interesting, I think, because um, Derby will, like you said, they're, they're not completely out of it. And I think their their form was improving. But um, I, I was interested, just before we did this, I was listening to the, the Athletic podcast, the Football League one. And obviously, you know, the Athletic, this new, brand new, shiny football media thing, the EFL, they've deigned it possible to have like three or four writers covering the EFL. I think they've got the Leeds, West Brom and Derby. From what he was, how he was speaking, you'd imagine Derby was seventh, couple points off the playoffs. Like the way he was speaking, he was saying about them, you know, having a really good season, and it was. I just couldn't believe from the Derby that we played and beat, um, you know, early on Rowett scored a bit, and some of the Derby games I've watched on TV. I just, I don't understand the view that they they kind of have of themselves. I know they've got some good players and they've got a few good few young players who've bedded in lately, but I don't know. I just, I just don't. I, I see them as such a boring team. And Illusions a, of grandeur. They're so boring and they're, so, they're just not a threat. I just don't see them as a threat like in the championship 
I feel like they're such an easy team to go to Pride Park and get a result is not difficult. Millwall did it last year in one of our worst seasons in recent history. And I think, you know, the main factors on Saturday will be the crowd and the sharpness rather than Derby pulling out any trees, I think. But for me, they're, they're like the Brentford of like a couple of years ago, basically think that they're going to win the league. Yeah. But in reality, you know, we'll have one good result and then get beaten. Just inconsistent every week. But Derby's interesting because they've spunk so much money yeah. in the past few years on, on, on tripe, effectively, you know. And, and this season has been nothing short of a shambles in terms yeah. of what's gone on behind the scenes. It's just going to be interesting to see what sort of approach they take next season. I'm very curious to see how FFP gets enabled as well. Yeah, you know, sort of, um, sort of edited in a way, sort of like sort of bent in a way, so that you know, so many clubs don't go yeah. bust and 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 they don't suffer because if there is a club that will suffer, it will be Derby County. Yeah, I think they were they were hinting towards it being effectively removed for a year but I mean interestingly again when the the Derby correspondent was speaking no mention of the the impending points deduction or the owner fiddling the books so no. you know I think it's it's very nice to take a glossy-eyed view but so they can win all their games and get docks 12 points to miss out on the playoffs anyway so it will be interesting it'll be a, I think it's a good first game for us I think where they're not one of the immediate rivals but they're probably one of the better sides we're playing so we'll have to switch on quite early when it comes to financial um you know uh, probity I think there's a lot of clubs that remind me of my six-year-old nephew often says don't want to talk about it so I think there's a lot of clubs in that don't want to talk about it <laughs> zone out there have they hired yeah. him as their lawyer I think they're uh, they're delaying it quite well he might be he might be good in court it? Be, if that's his approach and it often is then <laughs> that's kind of their tactics so far um I mean I, I did read an email I think it might have been an athletic email and um I'll get one each day on various things but there was a talk of um legal action potential legal action I can't remember if it was Barnsley or uh one of the lower place clubs it might have been yeah. I think it might have been Barnsley rock bottom Barnsley um talking about taking action against I think the, it was yeah EFL for Sheffield Wednesday uh, and their financial jiggery pokery that they've engaged into. Um, I think they've hocked the stadium to, I don't know what they've done with it. They've rebought their own stadium or something of that kind. Um, and if, you know, the basic, the, the point of the action being that um, if the um, EFL don't apply their own financial rules and Barnes get relegated because they couldn't financially compete, then there's a case that they would want to take before the courthouse. So, um, you know, I, <laughs> I think there's a lot of there's a lot of storylines that like that to be to be um, played out as as the uh, as the season itself unfolds. It's going to be an interesting one. One yeah. thing I did want to mention, if if I may, chaps, is Callum Davidson moving on, mm-hmm. assistant manager to Gary Rowett and his sidekick for in a number of jobs. I think they were together from the Burton Albion days, if I if I read or remember correctly. But they've been a been a, a pair for some time and. Um, it's just announced for today that uh, Callum Davidson is uh, moving to the Scottish Premier League uh, to St Johnston. Um, Good opportunity for him. Yeah, um, you, you'd think and hope that this has been thought of and planned for and anticipated. Um, obviously, it's Millwall, so you can never say that with any great certainty, but it seems a bit of a sudden thing and an odd, odd, odd timing as well. I suppose the Scottish season starts fairly soon up there. Isn't it? I think they often start at the end of July. Their league season starts quite early. Mm, well, their, yeah. their former manager was um, Tommy Wright, the former City goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, I think he's like the most successful manager in their history or something. But um, wow. interesting that they've had him. They've always gone for sort of that younger manager, Steve Lomas. Was, was of course, I remember um, him. Yeah, was, was fairly <laughs> successful there. Derek McKins, that was his first managerial job. Owen Coyle was in there as well, his first mm. managerial job. So they're looking for those managers. Do you remember Paul Sturrock? Do you remember little Paul Sturrock? Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Um, I'm trying to think of who he looked like, but he he, he has like a resemblance to someone. Paul Sturrock was there, his first managerial job. So they they they've managed to pick up these half decent. Um, yeah managers these young half decent coaches and, and convert them into decent managers there um and and they're hoping that they they get that with Callum Davidson someone who's got mm. you know a good footballing brain he's he's evidently sort of well respected um he was with Rowett at Stoke he went up to Dunfermline now he's he came to Millwall and obviously he's he's at St Johnston now so be interesting to see how he gets on and interesting to see who 
replaces him as 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 Wout's right hand man, whether he goes outside of the club to bring someone in. Yeah. Or, um if it's uh Senor Barrett. Yeah, I've I've heard it, like a few obviously if you know Spanderad, I think yeah, you're you're right that David Stoke only joined Rowett at Stoke. I think he had other people at Burton and Birmingham. Mm. It's an interesting one because I think Rowett obviously rated him very highly. I mean, obviously his Stoke days didn't go too well, but I remember in the fans forum quite early on, um, he spoke about their working relationship. I know Davidson was answering questions there. So he, he's obviously quite an influential person who Rowett can turn to. And obviously Barrett's kind of stepping up for the time being. I, on, I don't think, I, th- I think Rowett will look outside the club to bring someone up. I know some people have thought, um, Kevin Nugent, who I think has stepped up to kind of fill Adam Barrett's role, um, might go long term. But I think his long term future is as 23's coach, where he's been for a number of years. I know Paul mm. Robinson's currently his like number two. Maybe it's a bit early for him to step up. I think, given that um, Rowett brought in Davidson, I'm sure he'll have plenty of other contacts who he knows and trusts. And I think he he won't be afraid to basically tell the club who he's bringing in, rather than the club look around and offer him, oh, we've got this person. I think it will very much be Rowett calling around people he knows and people he's seen and people he's worked with and bring one of those in. Older head, though, because, you know, some some coaches um, who are younger, they always go for, like, an older an older head to, yeah. to hang around with them. I'd love to see, like, you know, like a proper retro manager just yeah. turn up. Like, so, someone who managed in the 90s, like, uh, I mean, Jerry Francis. Alan Kerbish is out of a job, isn't he? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> older head. It'd be interesting to see an older head with him. Um, yeah. I know, I know Mark, not Mark Hughes, Tony Pulis used to use Jerry Francis a lot. He mm. was his right hand man. I mean, Sir Alex Ferguson and Walter Smith at one point as his, as his right hand man, which is quite, a, it's, it's like having two managers. You know? It's actually quite a good little um, yeah. thing. But, you know, we know that football double acts are, are, are quite important when it comes to managerial changes and managerial decisions. So it'd be very, very fascinating to see mm. who, uh, who's involved. Definitely. There was an interesting debate. I think, Ryan, you were talking to the Mill halfway line on Twitter and, and there is this kind of a very Millwall sentimentality that um, I think we fall foul of a little bit at times. I don't think Gary Rowett will want the kind of traditional idea of, of a Millwall man, in inverted commas, coming yeah. in. I think, um, I think it is the uh, halfway line made the point that he will probably, you know, he has the idea that probably Rowett will want somebody coming for, for solid football reasons, probably from the outside, Fresh yeah. thinking, fresh ideas, you know, un, un kind of burdened by Millwall baggage, so to speak. And I think that's 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 the correct way forward. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Adam Barrett stepping up. Um, he had his little flirtation with management earlier in the season, and had a um, you know the, the pantomime win over Leeds, and then um, we gave up a two 0 lead at uh, at Brentford, and that was probably the end of Adam there. But he seemed like a decent decent guy and I think we spoke to him Aaron didn't we after the game yeah, he seemed decent, decent guy yeah I think he's a good I think people also, uh, forget maybe sometimes where you have the like you're saying that Millwall character around the club I think I think people forget that that doesn't necessarily have to be a player like we've got Paul Robinson in the under 23s which is a really good piece for the club I think he will eventually kind of rise through mm. um, and, and either become a coach or assistant or eventually but I think it's still a bit early for him like you know even Harris stayed at the under-23s for a while before stepping up. But I think you forget, you know, like Fitzgerald at the head of the academy, you've got Nugent again, Adam Barrett's been at the club for a while. Like, So these are people who know the club. They don't necessarily have to be ex-players, but they can be at the club for you know, 5, 10, 15 years and be just behind um, the same staff. And that's important as well. So I think Rowett, yeah, has very much come in with wanting new voices and outside influences. Maybe to kind of not change the Millwall culture in a in a negative way, but just bring his own sort of touch to it. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. And um, I think I think it'll be interesting to see. I imagine the appointment will come over the summer. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who he brings in. And obviously, best of luck to Callum Davidson at the Scottish Premiership, I think. I mean, there's no substitute for experience. Just listening to those names you've dropped there, uh, Aaron, you know, Walter Smith helping Sir Alex and, and the others. You know, the, obviously one man's in charge, but it must be wonderful to have that depth of experience to turn to in situations in you know when you're looking at players and patterns and all the rest of it to get a second opinion that, that, that there cannot be any substitute for that so it will be interesting to see who Rowett goes for because mm-hmm. one thing that's impressed everyone at the club since Gary's arrived um, has been the change in play and the and the the more the, you know the, the, the nuance that's been put in our game and I think that will be 
the, the line that you want to develop going forwards rather than the traditional Millwall virtues of which we, we all know and love but um, we've got to move forward as a club and I think mm. that's, that's, that's where he'll want to take it in my opinion You're listening to Achtel Millwall One other thing before we probably kind of close out, boys, is this um, Mill versus Middlesbrough, which is yeah. a game. Um, I can't remember the date of it now. I think it's in early July, but it's been t- changed to a, it's a midweek game, but it's been changed to a three o'clock in the afternoon, Wednesday afternoon kickoff. It's 8th of July, which is two days after my birthday. 8th of July. I, I, I get that we're in strange times, and I get that hotel accommodation is not easy, and I get all the reasons behind why that kickoff might be the most sensible solution in the world but the, the whole point of this of this mini tournament called the end of the season is that it's there for fans and most people on three o'clock on a, on a Wednesday afternoon are in work and it, it just makes it flies in the face of, of the of, of the words in, in it to me and um, I, I I get why you don't want to get home too late from a you know a night game at at uh, the den. It's the longest drive I think for any team in the in the remainder of the season in the championship back up mm. to. So I, I I kind of get it, but I don't like it. If you know what I mean, there's something in me rebels at this. The, the real no, I, I completely agree. It's a, it's a really odd one. Like you like to say, I understand the reasons behind it in terms of the travel. Middlesbrough won't be able to stay anywhere for obviously COVID restrictions, and they will want to get back. Um, it is an odd one though like you say because it, it just flies in the face of the fans and it's you know I'll, I'll be interested to see if any other games get moved to such inconvenient times for viewing and it'll be also interesting to, to see you know what, what, what difference it makes to I don't understand why they couldn't have uh, uh, you know rearranged the fixtures even if rather than moving on to such an inconvenient time say okay we'll move this one on a Saturday and we'll play a Maybe yeah. one that is a better travel midweek, and just it's. I know that obviously affects things a lot more, but it's a, it's a very strange decision, and you can un, like it's one of those you can understand it in these sort of times. But as you say, Nick, it's it it doesn't take into account the fans, and I know they're not going to be there in the stadium, but they're going to be watching the games at home. And like you say, if you're at work, you're you're just not watching you, that you, game. Well, many many people won't be able to see it, and that's yeah. that should that shouldn't be the point. I, I, just on a practical level, I mean, I'm, who who what do I know? I'm not in the football industry. I'm not in the administration side of it. But you know, Middlesbrough have a fixture at Millwall in, in London, so they've got to travel down. So mm. to make a three o'clock start, you probably want to be at the Den couple of hours yeah. beforehand which mm. means you're you're either staying over the the tuesday night to the wednesday so you, you're coming down staying over so you need a hotel for that unless they're going to keep in the back of the coach or something um or you, you're getting up at the crack of dawn in 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 middlesbrough and driving down on the day which is you know is probably what you'd have to do if it was um you know a kind of a more casual 11 or a, a casual game you'd probably travel on the day and mm. you'd deal with it so you've either got a crack of dawn early starts and then you're, you've got to be ready to go for a three o'clock start at, at the den, which means you might get back to Middlesbrough 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I suppose you're yeah. going to get home, something like that from that, from that event. Um, so you probably, none of those players are going to be getting into their beds until near one o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock at night, something of that, of that kind. I mean, Middle, Middlesbrough's a, a one hell of a drive, mate. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, I know it is. It's a long way, but you've still got you've got the long way to go. Whether you come down the night before, or you you go back. Yeah, but I think I think the, I, I the thing it. with the thing with recovery, Nick, is it's it's much more important to get back early than to get up early. Like getting up early, it's not maybe not convenient, but I think in terms of muscle recovery, and it's much more important to get back at the right time. And I think that's what the league and the club, because I think the league's said that all these fixtures are subject to, like the clubs could discuss to rearrange. I think that's why the, I don't know, what, I don't think that's why the Charlton one got moved, but I think that's why the Barnsley one's been put slightly earlier. And it's, it's, it, I still, again, I, I don't think it's right for the fact from the fans point of view, but from, I can understand why Middlesbrough wants to do it because, because the fixtures are going to be coming so quick and so intensely. I think the recovery is going to be so important for them. And if they genuinely could not find anywhere in London to stay, mm. then, you know, that's, I get that that would be a the only option. 
I hasn't Jonathan Woodgate got an auntie like around Leicester or something? That Do you know what I mean? Has, does like, not, yeah, does she not know someone a, who's got a couple beds? In a spare room, you know? No, yeah. I, I, I get the accommodation. I mean, I, 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 I'm not knocking it from that perspective because I think that that would be a problem to organise for a football team to come to town and, you know, find accommodation that's going to be safe and conform to the, what I understand is a hefty document of regulations that the, the remainder of the season has to take place under. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I get it. It's just that um, recovery, yeah, I, I can kind of get that, I suppose. If you're getting home at midnight, one o'clock, you probably get a decent night's sleep in then with late start. I don't know. It, it just seems you, you're, you're shifting it from, you know, the, 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 um, the journey is, is still got to be done. So the recovery still won't be that brilliant. Yeah. It's, a very, it's a very strange one. But um, yeah, I don't think we'll see another one like it. I'll, I, like I said, I'll be interested to see if the EFL move any other midweek games as early as that. It'll be that'll be very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed, chaps. Um, yeah, just one more there. piece of business. Sorry, Aaron, before we cut out mm. or before we wrap up, at least is uh, probably Mill's best bit of business during the whole lockdown period, which is uh, Jake Cooper's new deal. Yes, which I think I know we were talking just a bit before about some other clubs in the league in financial misdemeanors and not being the best run. I think so much credit this season has to go to Millwall's board. I think the job they've done, I think since really Harris came in, in terms of steadying the ship and helping the club build, I think you've got Jake Cooper, who obviously beside Jed Wallace, who signed a new deal last year, is probably Millwall's most valuable player in terms Mm of finance because of his age and because of his ability. I don't think he'd have any problem stepping up into a Premier League side. Mm. And to uh, secure him to a new long-term deal, along with the likes of Hutchinson and Williams, who happened earlier in the season, Bart signing, I think it's just another piece of absolutely fantastic business. Not to mention just bringing Rowett in as a manager himself. Like it, it's, it's really encouraging to see the board thinking so long-term. And obviously there's been a big problem with a lot of, play, a lot of players, a lot of clubs going out of contract. And obviously, it's a big problem at Charlton. A few of their players refusing to play. I think I heard yesterday that they only have like 15 players out of contract this summer. And I think Hull, who are in a similar position, have eight out of contract. Mm. And I think I heard Rowett speaking uh, a week or so ago. And we will have one. And he said the one who is out of contract wants to stay at the club. And to be in a position as a championship club, I know we've got a small squad. But to have such a squad that is so secure contract-wise and uh, financially as well, is a real testament to the board that, you know, the short-term thinking that brought around the, the issues around Holdaway. Um, Holdaway, Holdaway, Holdaway. Holdaway, Holdaway. He's a golf uh, man. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, that brought around Holdaway. The short-term thinking of signing players, old players on big money, has yeah. been completely replaced with this long-term thinking that is just securing Mill financially and on the pitch. And it's, it's great work, I think. It's great to see. It's the most unmovable period of, of of time, really. When one of the benefits of doing the nostalgic shows has been to see how many wasted opportunities we've had as a club over our hundred and thirty odd years of existence. You know, it's happened time and time again. And thankfully, now you're you're dead right, <clears throat> um, uh, Ryan. Is it, it, that thinking does seem to have gone, and, and we do seem to be planning and making provision. I mean, you know, the likes of Jake Cooper, massive signings. Um, and, and the others you've mentioned, I, I think it's 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 very refreshing to yeah. to see. Um, but no, you're you're right to pick me up. I, I hadn't mentioned uh, Jake Cooper there. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's voted for us I'm in the um, yeah. in the football content awards today. I, I'm trying to get this out tonight, so you might still have a chance. It might be past the um, the closing date now. But um, we're in the football content awards best football league podcast awards. So. Um, Everyone who's voted for us, I just want to say personal thank you to you because um, I don't know how we'll do. We're up against two Leeds podcasts, um, uh, the Brentford besotted one and, and others um, that are probably more well-known, less, less niche than our beloved Millwall uh, show that we do. But um, people have bothered to, to vote for us and I just want to say thank you personally. I want to thank the chaps on who helped me do the show because it wouldn't happen without on the same level wouldn't happen without without boys and i know a lot of people enjoy what we've done the lockdown shows a lot i've had a lot of really nice messages from people um all over all over the world actually it's quite incredible um so you know we'll see how we get on 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 that event um remains to be seen but i just want to say thank you to everybody and um, for the remainder of the season, I just thought I'd also say this to the listeners. Um, we're going to try and do our best to 
certainly get the, the like we're doing now with the the uh, the real Mill fan show is back. We're going to do at least one of those a week, and we're going to do some post match shows um, in the immediate um, post match um, afterglow of uh, victory or, or or the down or of defeat, as as a as case may be. So there'll be plenty more podcasting to come over this remaining um, four to six week. Uh, mini tournament called the remainder of the EFL season that will hopefully be uh, covering good news as, as the season progresses. Last live show of the season from Wembley. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? And if the wheels come off the season, listeners, I might not do as many shows. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe go on an early break. <laughs> I might as well be up front with you all, might not. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Saturday as well. And, um, Me too. See, see, seeing you, Ryan, I mean, um, from probably from like, you know, a few rows away or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yes. I'm, uh, we'll, have I'm, to have a, we'll have to have a virtual pint. Over a virtual, point. Over, yeah. virtual if, cup of tea if we're lucky, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do socially distant sausage and mash. There is no mate. There's nothing. There's none of that, mate. There's none of that, mate. None of that. I was told by my boss to, to, to take my own luncheon. So take your sandwich. Yeah. You know, um, it, that's exactly what it's going to be. Take take your yeah. own scran, unless the Millwall cafes open across the road. Then I might pop in for a sandwich or something. But um. Yeah, no, it's it's really going to be interesting to be there. It's going to be quite eerie as well um, to be at the Den um, on Saturday. But I'm looking forward to it. Chaps, let's have your predos. Millwall taking on Derby County. Uh, I don't know why I did that voice just then, but they're taking on <laughs> Dar- Derby County, Derby. Um, very old accent. It's a really weird it's, accent. It's a Holloway-esque yeah. accent. You're just trying Darby. to revive the, the ghost of Ian Holloway. Back at the very day. odd accent. Odd place, odd people. Nice enough ground for a new build, actually. I'll give them that, you know. And they've got a Greg's built in. Uh, give us the uh, score, Predos. Mill will take it on Derby County. It's a 1pm kickoff at the Den. Okay. Um, Mill will one, Derby County, nil. Ryan? Oh, I'm going to go for a comfortable 2-0 win. And if he's fit, Ben Thompson to get at least one of them. Good work. I'm going Mill 2, Derby County one shameless plug, but if you're not watching it on TV or whatever, BBC Radio Five Live, I'll be uh, making sure you know exactly what's going on on there from about twelve on Saturday. I think twelve. I'm starting my first. Day. Yeah, about twelve o'clock. So in twelve, twelve quarter past twelve. So uh, do join us on there, Nick. You're back with the post-match musings, if you like. I will be speaking to your good self <clears throat> post-show, and I may be drawing upon the opinions of Mr. Harold Warren. Immediately yeah, after I finished speaking stuff. to Aaron Paul lovely. for his, um, you know, off the cuff shoot from the hip reaction. So look forward <laughs> to that one. That'll be out on the on the Saturday list. I'm going to try and get those out ASAP. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Our first podcast of the kind of new bit of the season, if you like. Uh, wherever you are, be safe, be healthy. And um, make sure you're supporting them lines on Saturday as uh, they're back in action against the Rams. It's hopefully going to be a bit of a slaying. Until next time, though, bye for now. Thank you for listening to Afton Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. However, dirt you, Millwall. Until next time. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.